Chapter 2. The Queen is Gone After floating through a seemingly endless oblivion, the portal eventually spits our hero out into the middle of a forest. He scrambles to his feet and looks around. Where's Marley? Is she safe? Everything around our hero seems mostly normal. But then, just as we finish that thought, three monsters appear from the bushes. Our hero doesn't flinch. Instead, he draws his wooden sword that he was running around with at the fair, and he prepares for battle. As the imps dance around a bit, our hero wastes no time getting to work. He struts over to one of them, swings his sword, and vanquishes the foe. The two other imps don't seem too bothered by the fact that their friend is disintegrated into dust before them. Rather, they just continue to sort of dance around. Before long, they too find themselves on the receiving end of that sword. It was, perhaps, the worst sneak attack of all time, but that doesn't stop our hero from performing some self-congratulatory fist pumps. Not this time, imps. Upon wrapping up the fist pump session, our hero begins to explore the mountain. It's an enchanting place, a steep, rocky path with a large river running along it. However, it's not a very friendly place. A bird carrying another imp is able to trap our hero as he walks across a drawbridge where he's forced to fight his way out. Further along, two more imps are kicking what appears to be a ball back and forth, but it turns out to be another monster, and then all three of them launch an attack. We never know quite what to expect in this place. It certainly isn't anything like our hero's home. Nevertheless, frightening as they may be, the monsters are no match for our hero. With every battle, he feels himself getting stronger, gaining experience, technical skills, and even various treasures. Before long, he finds himself at the base of the mountain. Our hero looks around. Everything is the same, but also everything is different. This certainly feels like his hometown, but it's all much older. Our hero tries returning home, but instead of seeing his loving mother and cat, he is greeted by a strange old woman. A millennial fair? Here? She shrieks. What are you talking about? It's the year 600, and the 21st King of Guardia reigns. Our hero steps back outside. He tries running to Luca's house, but he can't even get there. What should be her house at the end of a peninsula is, instead, a vacant island off in the sea. The year 600? The 21st King of Guardia? 
our hero turns around and stares up at a magnificent castle beyond the woods. What a relief, a passing stranger says. They finally found Queen Lean wandering up in the mountains. She must be glad to be home. Queen Lean? Our hero takes a moment to think about how strange his friend Marley actually was. Her etiquette, her mannerisms, that pendant. Looking toward the castle in the distance, he determines that if he is going to get any answers, that's where they will be. With the wind at his back, he begins to run. Bursting through the front door of the castle, our hero is immediately stopped by two soldiers. Halt, who goes there? One of them shouts. Check out that hair. The second soldier chimes in. Where are you from, son? Are you one of Magus's troopers? Hardly, the first soldier continues. This kid never would have made the cut. Show us your stamp collection, son. Ha <laughs> ha, the second soldier laughs. All right, now beat it, shrimp. We wonder how long our hero will take this heckling, but perhaps luckily for the soldiers, they are interrupted. Stop that at once, a woman yells. Queen Lean, the first soldier replies, completely startled. Show your manners, the queen replies. This is a friend of mine. But there's something odd about him, the soldier claims. You refuse to obey my orders, she asks. Forgive me, my lady, he replies. The soldier turns to Chrono. Please enter, sir. The queen accidentally lets out a little giggle as she leaves the room. Please pardon us, the soldier continues. We revere our queen's guests. Although he doesn't say anything, it's evident our hero doesn't hold a grudge. He is, however, still trying to piece things together. He sprints up into the main hall of the castle, where he walks straight up to the king himself. I understand that you helped save my dear wife, the queen, the king begins. But can you tell me what happened? Lean's acting rather odd, and she seems to have lost her coral pin, which is something she guarded with her life. Forgive me. You must be tired. We can talk about this later. Please rest in the knight's quarters, downstairs to the left. Our hero considers taking the king up on his offer, but instead he decides to visit this queen that he's apparently friends with. He runs up many long sets of stairs, leading up a large tower until he arrives at last to a room. Ah, there you are the queen says when our hero enters. Please leave us, she motions to her attendants. I need to talk to this individual. Certainly, your highness, they reply as they leave. The queen looks at our hero. Come nearer, sir, she commands. Our hero complies. The queen giggles. Fooled you, didn't I, Chrono? she says, revealing in the tone of her voice that it was Marley all along. It's me, she continued, but everyone calls me Lean. Her smile fades as she begins to pace. She's clearly a little confused and scared. 
I'm so relieved you're here, she says. She takes a look at Chrono, tilts her head, and smiles. We barely know each other, but somehow I knew you'd come for me. Thank you, Chrono. As Marley stands in front of our hero, the two gaze directly into each other's eyes. It's a pretty intense moment, and we're not entirely sure where this might go. But just then, Marley begins to scream. S something's wrong, she yells as her body begins to glow brightly. W what's happening? It feels, feels like I'm being torn apart. Help me, Chrono. I'm scared. Please, Chrono, help me. Our hero tries to grab Marley, but it's too late. She has completely disappeared. He frantically searches around the room, but she's gone. Not only is our hero shocked and upset, but he realizes he should be pretty scared as well. The castle has just gotten its queen back, and now she was gone again. Our hero needs to get out of the castle so he can think, and that's exactly what he does. Or that's what he starts to do. On his way out, he is both surprised and relieved to see a familiar face sprinting toward him. Chrono! Luca yells, huffing and puffing. You're okay! Did you find the girl? She asks. Gone? What do you mean she's gone? Hmm, it's just as I thought. I knew I recognized her, and this looks identical to the castle in our time. At this point, Luca helps clear everything up for us with an intelligently laid out explanation. I'll bet they mistook Marley for her ancestor. You see, Marley is a member of the royal family in our time. She's Princess Nadia. Marley, or rather, Princess Nadia, is a descendant of Queen Lean from the past, which is where we are now. When we arrived here, Queen Lean had been kidnapped. As I recall, someone was supposed to have saved her. But history has been changed. Marley looks so much like Lean that they probably called off their search when she showed up. Luca's eyes then get really wide. But if the real queen is killed, Marley will simply disappear. Luca grabs Chrono by the shoulders. There might still be time, she says. If we can save Lean, history as we know it should remain unchanged. Hurry, Luca says. We have to find the real queen. With that, Luca joins our hero, and together they begin sleuthing around. They learn all about the conditions the soldiers are dealing with in their war against the army of Magus, which is something they already knew about from their history books. With regard to their current situation, they overhear that the queen had been spotted near an old cathedral shortly before she mysteriously disappeared. So our heroes decide to check that out. Once inside the cathedral, they make their way down an eerie aisle and they approach a nun. We want nothing but world peace or a piece of the world the nun cackles. That's not right, we can't help but think. They approach a second nun. 
people wouldn't know what to do with themselves in a truly peaceful world. The nun seems to ramble to herself before making eye contact with our heroes. My, what delicious, uh, I mean, delightful-looking humans, she says. Again, something seems a little off about that. They approach a third nun. You might like to stick around for the organ recital, she says. It's a real killer. Okay, well, that's just ridiculous, our heroes think. And then, on top of all this, they notice a coral pin lying on the ground. At this point, our hero thinks back to the king who had mentioned the queen also had a coral pin that she guarded with her life. That's Guardia's royal crest, Luca explains, pointing at the pin. And that confirms it. There is definitely something very wrong about this cathedral. Sure enough, just then, those three nuns from before, as well as a fourth nun that was sitting at the organ, all line up in front of our heroes. They burst into flames and transform into hideous, half-snake, half-gypsy-looking monsters. Now, it's worth mentioning that earlier, during that sleuthing time, Chrono and Luca also learned how to fight together. They had developed some pretty neat talents, and they put those to use here. Luca is able to empower Chrono's sword with a flame, which he then sends spinning into a cyclone-like fashion through three of the monsters at once, killing them all in one blow. It is now a two-on-one fight with the last monster, and after a couple shots to the face, she is easily taken out. Phew, that was close, Luca says. However, she had spoken too soon. One of the seemingly dead monsters reappears from behind her, and it grasps her right by the throat. Ah! She screams. Luca is captured and our hero can't do anything about it. His sword isn't even drawn, and the monster could easily rip Luca's head off. Our hero's heart sinks as he stares helplessly at his childhood friend. How could he have let this happen to her? But then, just as all seems lost, a new hero falls down from the ceiling. Wearing a cape and wielding a massive sword, this hero swiftly beheads the monster, saving our dear friend Luca's life. thine guard and thou'rt allowing the enemy in, the cloaked hero says. Thou'rt here to save the queen? The lair is deep within. Will thee accompany me? Chrono and Luca take a moment to respond. You see, this new hero, he is 
Well, a frog, Luca exclaims. Chrono, it's a talking frog. I hate frogs. My guise doth not incur thy trust, the cape creature replies. Very well, do as thee please, but I shall save the queen. The creature begins to leave. W wait, you don't seem like a bad, uh, person, frog thing. I mean, Krona, what should we do? To our hero, this is an easy decision. The creature had just saved their lives. We go with the frog, he says. I'll just have to handle it then, Lucas says in agreement. What's your name, she asks. Frog will do, the frog replies. All right, nice to meet you, frog, Lucas says. And with that, our team begins to explore the deep secret lair hidden beneath the cathedral. Will they be able to find the queen in time to reset history and save Marley? Will they ever be able to return back to their original time? Meanwhile, what does Chrono's cat think about all of this? Join us next time on Chrono Trigger, the story.